morning. It's always it's a wonderful pleasure to get here this morning. This morning I'm relying on these electronic things, so might have a shorter lesson than you think. But anyway, I always talk about the Lord's and I always study the Lord's Word. And that way, when the opportunity arises, we'll be able to recognize it. Plus, we'll be able to talk to someone about the Word of the Lord. You know, I talked with you the last time when I said he was coming to town. I told you how a lot of children expected Jesus to be, I mean, uh, Santa Claus to be the one coming to town. But we as Christians are always to be waiting on Jesus to come to town. Lesson this morning is <coughs> not going to take very long because it's about a topic that straight to the point. People are the world over today, and since March of last year, have been in an uproar. On the political side, I call it walking and treading in uncharted waters. Never been there before. Don't know how deep it's going to be in front of us or how shallow. But something that they've been looking for is finally here. What I'm talking about is the vaccine is already available. People are in fear of this COVID-19. You know, if you stop and think about it, you can't see COVID-19. Unless you have some experience with a microscope, a lot of studying in the field of biology and actually have access to this microscope. But though you can't see it, people still fear it. Everyone is waiting for a vaccine for something that they can't see. But you know, if we stop and think for a moment, I like to talk about the Lord's Word and things that Basically, like, like I feel like Jesus did with his parables, along with things that are going on in today's times. Because you can't see sin. You can see the acts of it. But you can't see actual sin. And yet, people aren't running afraid of it. They're actually running to sin. The people who can see sin, thanks to, are the ones who have spent their time in a specialized field of Bible study, and we're only able to see it through the microscope of God's lens, and that being His Word. God gave a vaccine for sin in the person of Jesus Christ and His blood. Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says, Romans 6, 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, and Christ Jesus, our Lord. Now, much like other vaccines, sometimes it doesn't work because of user error, such as getting the vaccine and then getting into direct contact with people who have the very thing you just got the vaccine for. Everybody who gets a flu vaccine, I'm told, is not going to be immune to the flu. Some actually get the flu after taking the vaccine. The shingles vaccine the same way. It works for some, but not others. But you know, if we stop and look at this, the same can be said 
for not only the pneumonia vaccine or a host of other vaccines that we put into our bodies yearly, but without the vaccine, that is the blood of Jesus Christ, you stand no chance to make it to eternal rest in heaven. However, even those who have accepted the blood of Jesus Christ have obeyed the gospel can still fall away. Therefore, we throw in the user error. Thus rendering this vaccine useless for that individual. <clears throat> what I want us to do this morning is carefully, uh, carefully note some following scriptures. First one being 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. 2 Peter 2 and 21. Where it tells us, For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. 2 Peter 2 and 21. And I can't, can't stop there without throwing in one. We just had a good comments and conversation about last Wednesday evening. I encourage you all to tune in on 6.30 on Wednesday evening. And the good Lord's fixed it. Right now, I guess the devil tried to stop it. The Lord fixed it where it don't matter if you're in your car. You can still listen to it. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26. When it said, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sin is left. Hebrews 10 and 26. And then I have to go on down to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, where it says, For Demas have forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed for Thessalonica, Crescent for Galatia, and Titus for Damadia. 2 Timothy 4 and 10. You know, it's important to understand that faithful Christians have the vaccine which really counts and is working to cure the sin problem. It is only available optically through the lens of God's Word, the Holy Bible. John chapter 8, verse 22. John chapter 8, verse 32, excuse me. John chapter 8, verse 32 tells us, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Once you know about the danger of sin through truth, you will act accordingly, much like those with the knowledge of this COVID-19. Revelations chapter 2 verse 10. Revelations chapter 2 verse 10 advises us, Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. Revelations chapter 2, verse 10. When it comes to these trying times that we're in, the one thing that I can say to each and every one of you is stay faithful. We have the vaccine that works. And that is the precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, some may say that 
I know y'all say we in it together, but I'm, I'm going through a little harder time than you are. I'm by myself, I feel like, on this. We never by ourselves when we rely on God. You say, well, how can I stay close and keep my heart and my eyes and focused on Jesus Christ? Well, I'm glad you asked. I can tell you my opinion on what God's Word said, how we can do it. But I'm going to go to someone that had a little more knowledge in this than I did. And that being the Apostle Peter. He's going to tell us that we need to keep looking to Jesus. When you hear the name Peter, what comes to your mind? The Apostle Peter's character shines abundantly in God's records. I believe this to be true because if you've read and studied Peter, Peter was not afraid to speak his mind. Now there was times when he got it right. Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. Matthew chapter 16, verse 16, where it says, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He got it right. There were times when he got it wrong. Matthew chapter 16, verse 22. Matthew 16 and 22. When he said, Far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. But regardless, he forcefully gave his input. If we would turn with me in God's word to Matthew chapter 14. Some of us probably already know this, this story. But Matthew chapter 14, starting in verse 22, going down 33. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went unto the mountain and parted to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves from the wind, was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went into them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, Is it a spirit? And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand called him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Verse 33 tells us, Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. We see here, That one day Jesus sent his apostles across the Sea of Galilee in a ship or a boat. 
We've just told the first that he, he stayed to send away the multitudes and to pray on the mountain. The hour got late. He was alone. Jesus began to walk across the water to meet the apostles on the other side of the sea. That's a whole other story in its own right there. This man has control, has power over everything. <clears throat> if he is there carrying us, shielding us in the palm of his hands, what do we have to worry about? But anyway, we see that Jesus began to walk across the water to meet the apostles on his side. And then the scripture tells us that he would have passed them, but they cried out in fear. They believed Jesus to be a spirit. Jesus called to them, trying to comfort them by revealing his identity. Tells us here that when we feel like we're all alone, and sometimes trials, tribulation, a stumbling block, all we have to do is remind ourselves we are not alone. Our Heavenly Father is with us. We see though, when Jesus identified himself, Peter, all of them in the ship, Peter was the one that set out the challenge. He said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Now here Peter knowing it, looking at it in a humorous sense, he can't walk on that water. But he's got the faith. If Jesus told me to walk on that water, start walking. And Jesus replied, come. So Peter left the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. And at some times, Peter noticed the storm that surrounded him, took his eyes off from Jesus and began to sink in the water. That's what's going to happen to us. No matter what trials, tribulations, stumbling block we're in, if we take our eyes off from God, then we too will start sinking. And whatever the trouble and tribulation will, will overcome us. But look here what Jesus did. He didn't get mad because Peter turned his eyes from him. Jesus reached down and grabbed his hand. But Jesus responded, O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? If this was asked of Peter of being a little faith, how are we going to look in God's sight? Because it don't matter if I do everything I can for God. I don't feel like I'm going to be able to accomplish and do as much as Peter has done for God. But yet, he was called of little faith. Why did you doubt? When we get on a little further down, it says Jesus and Peter entered the boat. Apostles worship Jesus. You say, okay, I've heard the story, heard your comments. Now, what can I learn from that? Well, again, I'm glad you asked. There's three things I want to look at in the time we got time left here that we can learn from it because it is going to help us get through with what we're going through in today's world. First of all, did you notice? Undoubtedly, Peter was the only person willing to leave the boat. 
Why did the others not leave the boat? Maybe, maybe some could say that they were afraid. It could be that they wanted to see what would happen to Peter. Whatever the case, Peter was the only one of the apostles to walk on the water. It tells us there that it was through Peter's faith in God that he could walk on that water that he left the boat and started walking. How many of us, if we were out and somebody, we'd seen somebody tell, hey, get out of the water and walk to me, and we'd jump out of the water and walk to him? Peter did because he knew who Jesus Christ was. What it tells us here is that we can learn and we can accomplish great things when we are willing to trust God and get out of our boat. In other words, get out of our safety zone. Our little zone here, we see someone say, well, I'd like to talk to them about God. Ooh, what are you doing wrong? I'd like to tell them what the Bible says, but we say, you know, I better not. <clears throat> because we're afraid of what that person might do to us, what that person might think about us. We need to back up and think about what God might do or might think about us if we don't go and talk to that person. Because if we see someone in error, we know the truth of what God's word says the truth. We don't go to them. Could that mean that we have a little faith? Another thing that we can learn is Jesus was in the same storm as the apostles. Now, on this occasion, he was not in the same boat at the time it started. Nevertheless, Jesus was still near them. We're going through trials and tribulations in the world today. Jesus is still near us. If you don't feel as close to God right now as you did when you come up out of that order of baptism, we need to stop and ask ourselves, what happened? Jesus is in the same place. God's in the same place that he was when you come up out of that water rejoicing. So it must have been us, one of us that moved away from God. We need to pray and get our, our hearts and our lives and all straight while we still have a chance. Because it said here, Jesus was in the same storm with them. He was near them. He even called out to them to calm their fears. <clears throat> you don't believe God won't talk to you, read his word. Read his word. You hear him talking to these other people, going through basically not the exact same thing, but something pretty close to it, similar to it. How he's telling them to get through it is the way that we need to get through it by keeping him in prayer. We see here that Peter turned his attention to Jesus and away from the storm. That was how he was able to walk on this water. That was how he was able to get his mind away from the danger that he felt he was in because he forgot all about the danger and focused his, his eyes and his mind and his concentration on our Lord Jesus Christ. And his focus is what allowed him to walk on the water. Our focus on God is what's going to allow us to come through whatever the devil throws at us. We feel like sometimes doubtless God don't care about our troubles. But he watches over us. He's there when we go back to him. The third thing I want to look at is Peter weathered a storm. He was able to walk on the water. 
until he took his eyes off from Jesus and placed them back on the storm. That's telling me here that if I'm going through some trying times in my life and I do the right thing, I pray and ask God to help me through it, carry me through this, Lord, help me get through it. And then when I get through the majority of them, things start looking like they starting to ease out and coming through it. I don't need to say, uh, I got this, Lord. I'm going to take it on my own and go on on my own by then. We need to keep our hearts and our minds focused on God. It's like uh, using a car as an analogy. We ride and we, God's got the wheel. He's driving. We're in the passenger seat. A little ways down the road, the road gets, the traffic gets better. We feel like we need to be driving. God needs to be in the passenger seat. Well, a few miles down the road, we get, the traffic's getting even better. We need to be driving and put God in the back seat. God's not a spare tire, as I've said many times. We don't use him only when we need him. We need to stick with God before we go into this trying time. Stick with keeping our hearts and our minds focused on God through this trying time. And praise God and thank him when we get through it. It's like going on a trip. Thank God and pray and ask him to be with us. We need to stop and pray and thank him for being with us when we get to where we're going. <clears throat> we need to always keep God in our prayers and in our thoughts. Same with Peter. If he hadn't took his eyes off of Jesus, I believe he wouldn't have started sinking. But when he did, Jesus reached down and pulled him back up. <clears throat> right now, difficulties in life seem atrocious. They just seem like there's no end to it, but we know there is. Because God is going to help us through it. They may even bring individuals to the brink of despair. Cause some to become alcoholics, get hooked on drugs. Or even worse, turn their back on God. These difficult situations as cure. They block our focus on Jesus However, God is not swayed by the presence of difficulties. When God is the focal point of our lives, obstacles, whatever they may be, become manageable. If you don't believe me, stop and think back of some hard times you went through. How you prayed and asked God to help you get through it. You come through it. God brought us through it. The storm of life causes most difficulty. That's no secret. Doubt, fear, disbelief, strife to, seems to overwhelm us. It don't matter your financial status. It don't matter your social status, your skin color, or what. We all gonna go through trials and tribulations. We're gonna have hard times. This is why we're told to love and encourage one another. We are told to pray for one another. It don't say now pray for, uh, for our brothers and sisters when they're going through hard times. It says pray for them. We need to pray for each other continuously. We can weather the storm by focusing on Jesus Christ. May our prayer be, Lord, help us not to lose sight of you. We must always keep our focus on the Lord. When we're going through a hard and difficult times or sickness or have, even when we turn our backs on God <coughs> and ventured into the world of sin, 
you know, we ask for the love and support, the encouragement, and also the prayers of those brethren and sisters. We give an invitation to God. If you have a need, we say, and if you've stepped out of God's way, we say if, if uh, you're sick, you need the prayers and encouragement, you know, we, tell you, we ask you to come forward, and we should. We should always seek uh, love and prayers and all. And encourage one another, because even though we feel like we're going through the worst thing in the world, if we look around, there's someone going through something a lot worse than each and every one of us is. We must always, as I said, that's my main point I want to get to you. I want to keep hammering to you. And I hope you say, why do you say that over and over? We need to keep our focus on the Lord. But asking the prayers and the uh, encouragement of the congregation, as I said, is a wonderful thing. But it's no matter how great that doctor or that nurse is, no matter how, how, what kind of education they got, that gives us this injection, this vaccine, they're not what's going to save us. It's the actual vaccine that they administered into us. Now what I'm saying here is because it, the same thing is true about our spiritual life. It don't matter how great of a preacher that we listen to. That person's just hopefully keeping us on the right track. Only our spiritual vaccination is what's going to save us. And that vaccine is the blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Knowing that that is the only thing that's going to save us. With that on your mind, now's when I want, to, I want to tell you. If you have stepped out of God's way, if you are, feel like you are being tried way beyond your control, if you feel like you're being controlled, uh, being tried harder than you can handle yourself, you need the prayers and the encouragement of the congregation. Maybe you stepped out of God's way and you don't feel like you're as close to God as we should be. Whatever you need may be, I ask you to come forward and we'll stand and sing our song of invitation.